Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and welcome to our program today. We are going to have church on the road. So sit back, listen, and enjoy this program today. And do us a favor and call the radio station and tell them that you really enjoy listening to Church on the Road. Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever till the day Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. thinking the other day the way trucking's changed and we was just talking about that e-logs and e-logs now yeah that's that they're electronic oh okay. oh yeah they plug them in plug yeah, them right have, into plug the cigarette right lighter huh? right to the cigarette lighter because they don't smoke anymore so. yeah, that's right you're not allowed to smoke no so it's e-logs that, that, that took the place of it because i used to smoke them logs too quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> i'd finish up writing on that on that log and i think hmm but anyways I was thinking trucking has changed so much 
the methods has changed in driving a truck Boy, and being a truck driver. That is so true. But you know, it's like in the Word of God. The method could change, but the message, message stays, the, stays same. the same. Amen. And it's the same thing with driving that big old truck. Yeah. The, the method might change, but you still got to deliver that load of freight. Yes, sir. And you got yes, to deliver it on time. So it doesn't make any difference when you're going from point A to point B, what you do in the middle, as long as you get it there safe. And, and, and there's a lot of eyes looking at you now out there on the road with cameras in the truck, outside the truck, mm-hmm. with electronic logs. And all, you can't even pick your nose anymore as a truck driver. No, you can't, I Gary. I know that. That's... I used to couldn't pick it in that cab over because I poked my eyeball <laughs> out in the inside. But uh, you got to be careful nowadays because the methods have changed. Yes, they have. But the message stays the same. That's right. Yes. So drivers, you got to keep on trucking out there and delivering that freight. We depend on you. The consumer depends on you. The truck drivers are the lifeline of America. Well, I know this. They're the lifeline of my taters. <laughs> <laughs> Where would we be without the trucker? Oh, I'd be without a tater. <laughs> yeah, you would. We'd be, we'd be plowing with horses. That's what we'd be doing. <laughs> we'd all be planting gardens, wouldn't we? <laughs> yep. Yep, I didn't like gardening. Man, oh, man, I'd be standing out there with that hole in my hand, leaning up against it, and all of a sudden the clot of dirt hit me upside the head. Mm-hmm. My dad said, boy, quit daydreaming. <laughs> I was probably dreaming about driving one of them old trucks. Amen, amen. You know what that reminds me of? What's that, Gary Raven? A song by our good friend, Jim Davenport. Jim Davenport. Yeah, his testimony song, yeah. where he's standing out there with a hole in his hand. <laughs> Yeah, and a bud in the other. <laughs> yeah, and a bud in the other. <laughs> You're well to put that on for the drivers. Sure. Listen to old Jim Davenport talking to that preacher man with a Budweiser in his hand. Here's our good friend Jim Davenport. I was standing in my yard one day. I was drinking my old bud. I had a hole in my hand I was digging in the mud When I saw a car coming down the street He turned in my driveway When he got out He was dressed real neat And then I heard him say Won't you come and go with me To hear about God's word I'm the preacher down the street And this is what he heard Well, no thank you, preacher I'm doing just fine Drinking my old bud And when it comes to church I draw the line And I kept digging in the mud But he wouldn't give up He kept coming day by day And every time that he'd get out, this is what he'd say. Won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word? I'm the preacher down the street. And this is what he heard. I told you, preacher, I'm a man of my own. I don't need you coming here. Well, I just sit at home alone drinking my old beer but he wouldn't give up he kept coming day by day and every time that he'd get out this is what he'd say won't you come and go with me 
to hear about God's word. I'm the preacher down the street, and this is what he heard. I can't go to church with you, a sissy I would be. And every time my friends came by, they would laugh at me. Well, the very next time that he came by, he didn't invite me to go. Instead, he said something else, and he began real slow. He said, Jim, I wonder, would it take more courage to go down on the corner, have a beer with your friend, or to stand on that very same corner, tell them about Jesus, how his love began. So you see, my friend, a sissy you won't be because it takes a man to serve the Lord and I hope that you will see well when he was gone I was alone drinking my old beer I got to thinking about his words and they brought a little cheer well I knew I was hooked on the words he said the preacher had done his job I went to church that Sunday morning to hear more about the man called God. I thank you, preacher, for not giving up on this old sinful man. Because you were out doing your job, I'm headed for the promised land. Won't you come and go with me? I was the drunkard down the street. But now that I know what the Lord can do, life sure can be so sweet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Daryl, what a great song by Jim Davenport. He wrote that song... Jim served during the Vietnam War as a Marine, and what a true hero he is, and I just love him. He's got another song that he wrote. He called me one day, said God woke him up in the middle of the night and gave him this song, and this is such a great song, and it talks about the flag, and uh, we've got a great testimony by my good friend Fred Mooney today, who got saved serving on an aircraft carrier during the Vietnam War. And I thought I'd put this song on for uh, Fred and all you veterans out there. And this song here is going to be on Lonesome Road Ministries, Volume 4. It sure is. This is Jim and Ann Davenport with I Stand for the Flag. I kneel for the cross Those who refuse to Will someday suffer loss Stand for the flag The red, white, and blue 
Jesus died for you All across our land today There's hate for our flag They walk on it and burn it They mock and then they brag Others paid the price So we could be free And Jesus did the same On the cross at Calvary I stand for the flag I kneel for the cross And those who refuse to Will someday suffer loss Stand for the flag The red, white and blue Kneel at the cross Where Jesus died for you lonesomeroad.org. So, Daryl, it's about time for our good friend Fred Mooney to share his testimony with our audience. But first, we have another awesome song. And this is a song by our good friend Roger Barkley Jr. from Frankfort, Kentucky. What a great ministry he has over there. And this is a powerful song that Roger wrote called From the U.S. of A. that fall for Uncle Sam 
I got uncles and cousins that battled in Vietnam. I got in-laws and outlaws, they all bled red, white, and blue. Names on the wall that spelled freedom for me and you. Johnny came home with one leg. Afghanistan Jenny still loved him and she she stood by her man Army the Navy Air Force Coast Guard and When we all come together, well, that's something like you've never seen. I'm from the U.S. of A. From the U.S. of A. From the blue-collar workers To the farmers out in the fields All the firemen and policemen And those who stand behind the shield All the mamas and the daddies out fighting for our liberty. All y'all that want to burn our flag, well, you got a call through me. From the U.S. of A. And I'm proud. I'm from the U.S. of A. Yeah, from our house to the White House, we need to get them back to God's house and put the Ten Commandments back on display. Well, 
know you can't conceive it But if you don't like it, leave it It wasn't your blood that bought it anyway I'm from the U.S. of A. Roger Barkley Jr.'s website, rogerbarkleyjr.com, or give him a call, 502-382-8299. And now here's the testimony of my good friend, Fred Mooney. I've known Gary for, it seems like forever. When he when he come to, uh, come to Orchardville, he had a burden to do a take ministry, and... Uh, I had a little knowledge about audio equipment and different things, and uh, so we got together and and we did some of the first leaders on the on the well, we did tapes then <laughs> on the tapes, and uh, we had a ball. We did all that down in this basement, you know, and and it was a kind of ministry that we learned by doing, you know, and that's the way a lot of ministry is. You learn it by doing, and he asked me if I'd come and give my testimony and. And I haven't given my testimony in some time, which shame on me, you know. But, you know, I, I've been a Christian since 1974, and, and you just kind of get in a rut, don't you? And, and you don't think much about your testimony after a few number of years. But I'm glad he asked me, because we are told that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, right? Amen. And so we need to be ready to give our testimony in a minute's notice uh, I'm going to use a timeline here today, and uh, hopefully uh, that'll give it some sort of organization, you know, and, and uh, I try to keep things short and simple. I learned this from my pastor, Mark Shell. if you're not good, at least be short, you know. So. <laughs> but anyway, I was born in 1949, uh, so you, any of you mathematicians there, you can... You can do the math as far as how old I am, you know. I was born to a, a good Christian family, and I thank God for that. And not until later in life did I realize what a privilege that is to be born in a Christian home. You know, my wife, she taught school for 35 years, and uh, 
over half of her students come from broken homes, from, from bad homes, you know. And, and I had a good Christian mom and dad. And uh, I, when I started out, life, life was tough when I was born. I couldn't talk. I couldn't walk. And to beat that, I was born buck naked. You know, but you can laugh if you want to. <laughs> My wife tells me, Fred, it's not funny if you have to tell me it's a joke, you know. So, but anyway, anyway, I come into this world, and, and I was, I, I grew up on the east side of Mount Vernon, and, and we were poor, but back then, everybody was poor, and, and we were all kind of at the same economic level, you know, and and there wasn't $100 tennis shoes, and there wasn't that, you know, we were just all a bunch of poor kids having a good time, you know. And uh, basically, they, uh, I said I had a drug problem when I was a kid. My folks drugged me to church every time the doors opened. In fact, my dad was a janitor, so he opened the doors, you know. And uh, uh, I, I thank God for that. In 1958, something happened. I... Uh, I seen a man, and probably nobody in here is old enough to know who this individual is, but his name was Gene Krupa, and I saw Gene Krupa oh, yeah. play drums, and that inspired me, and I thought I was going to be a jazz drummer, and I was ate up with that. I mean to tell you, I drove my family nuts, you know, and uh, up until about 1960, I played in the jazz band in school and different things, and until about 1964, and then we were invaded by the Beatles. I'll never forget the first time I saw the Beatles on television. I was at a friend of mine's house, and his sisters was there, and some other girls was there, and they was crying, and they were screaming. And I just thought, man, I've never seen nothing like this in my life. Now, I'd made girls cry and scream before, but, you know, never on purpose. And I just thought, man. And so I was sold on rock and roll, and I decided I was going to go into the field of rock and roll, which I did. And uh, I played with a lot of little different rock and roll bands. I'll never forget my first organized band was a group called the Malibus. And you could kind of judge a group back then because they all took car names. And, and the better the car name, the better the group, you know. Now, we was in Malibu, so we was kind of middle of the road, you know. <laughs> and, and then later after I left the group, they become Upward Mobile, and they become the Stingrays, see. So uh, things, things got better for them. But anyway, I left them, and I, I joined another group that was uh, called Reb Duncan and the Sundowners, and that was in, uh, let's see here, 66, yeah. It was when I was in high school. I was 16 years old. And this was an upward mobile type group. Uh, we, we actually got a song on the charts. We was doing some television and things were going my way. I had a nice car. I had, I was making a couple of hundred dollars on the weekend, which today that doesn't sound like anything, does it? But my dad was working at the Stowe family making $125 a week, you know. So I was, I thought I was going places. Thought I was living life large, uh, uh, you know. Things just couldn't go any better for me. For for a young teenage boy, you know, I was getting into all kinds of trouble. But and then, uh, like I said, I thought I was going places, and I was. Because in 1968, I graduated high school, and I got my draft notice. So I was going places, yeah. And being, uh, 
I'd had a lot of buddies of mine come back in body bags, and I decided that I would go in the Navy. And so I ran up, and I, I joined the Navy. So I left and went out in Washington State, and I was out there for a while. And, and uh, I come home on leave. It was 1970. I come home on leave, and I met a girl in a bar. And I married her. That's not a smart thing to do. And there's, there's, you'll see as my testimony goes on, I did a lot of stupid things. And, and we got married, and uh, she come back out to Washington State there with me. Now, I know none of you have probably ever done this, but if you take two cats and you tie their tails together and throw them over a clothesline, that's about what our marriage was like. You know, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. So, uh, in time, I got orders, and I went to Vietnam. I went to Vietnam the first time aboard the Coral Sea, and uh, so she, she come back home here to Illinois, and uh, we got along real good when I was in Vietnam, and she was in Illinois, you know. And so, I, uh, I did that for, well, I was over there for almost a year, and then I got orders to go to school in Memphis, and I come back, come back here to the United States. Went to school for a few months in Memphis, and then I got orders to go right back to Vietnam aboard the USS Ranger. I'll never forget the day I left, I got a phone call from my mother, and she says, um, I was in Washington State at the time, she says, your father's had a major heart attack, they really don't expect him to make it. I was leaving on the plane the next day. And the only way I could have, could have, I'd used all my leave up, the only way I could have is, is if he had passed away, they would have given me emergency leave and I could have went home. So anyway, I went to Vietnam with that on my mind and, and my wife, she had had a nervous breakdown. She was in the hospital and my son had hurt himself. And so things, uh, things were going from bad to worse. And this time I had, I had picked up probably ever habit a 26 year old boy could pick up. You know what I mean? I, I, I had lived in the bars and so I thought if I could just stay drunk or high long enough, I could numb this pain, see, and, and, and my life would be right. But everybody here that's ever had any experience with that know when the morning comes around, it's just worse. Not only have you still got the same problem, you feel awful, you know. And so I went to Vietnam and a I worked on the aircraft carrier, um, USS Ranger at that time. If you ever see any, uh, any uh, news, news clips of aircraft carriers, if you watch when the, when the jets are, are catapulted off the deck, there's, there's a little, little white square right between the two catapults, and there's a guy that squatted down in there. That was my job. I, uh, I would check the port side of the plane, and I would give the catapult thumbs up and jump in that little white square. They figured that out, that that way the blast doesn't get you. And I'd give them thumbs up and the cat officer would salute the pilot and then there was a person down in the catwalk that would punch the button and he was airborne. And that was probably the most dangerous job I ever had in my life, but I loved it. I, I loved working on the aircraft carrier, but my life was in the pits. It, it just couldn't get any worse. Interesting thing is, though, when you work on the flight deck like that, once your planes are airborne, 
you have nothing but time on your hands and so they had a had an area where you go in there and smoke and and read or whatever and so I went there one day and I seen a book I seen a book laying down there and and this title of this book was good news for modern man and I thought man I could use some good news I thought my life can't get any worse I could really use some good news well when I opened it up what it was it was the Bible in a new modern English translation and so I sat down and and uh, I started reading that and so then when it come time for me to to go to bed I took it with me to bed and I read that cover to cover and I said God this is what I need I need you in my life I had had enough enough Christian training as a, as a youngster to know with that with that what I had read in, in Good News for Modern Man, that Bible, that what I needed in my life was Jesus Christ. And so I asked him to save me and to forgive me of my sins. And right there, instantly, aboard the USF Courier Ranger, June 1974, he came into my heart. I become a new creation. Old things passed away. Now, I'm not saying it works this way for everybody, but for me, I was instantly delivered of all addictions. I was, I was just a new creation, you know. You know, I praise the Lord for that. That, uh, that was the most important thing that ever happened in my life, and still is to this day. And I, I you know, I, say, I give my heart, and I, I, uh, I just can't stress stress that enough. And I know at that time in my life, you could have got me in a church with a crowbar. You know, I just, I had this theory that I was going to do what I wanted to do. I was going to have fun. And I had heard enough testimonies on deathbed salvation that two weeks before I died, I was going to get right with the Lord and that's going to be it, you know. Because I had never seen any Christian people having fun, see. Well, now that's changed, hasn't it, Gary? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, I have more fun now by accident than I ever did back then on purpose. Yeah. But, uh, so I come home. I, I got discharged out of the Navy in 1974. To I got a hardship discharge to come home and take care of my father and my mother. So I come home, and I thought I would just float on a, on a cloud with the rest of the Christians, you know. Well, things didn't happen quite that way. I come home, and I went through a horrible divorce. I know some people have been married four, five, six, seven times, and divorce seems like it doesn't affect them at all. I'm telling you, it wiped me out. It wiped me out. I mean, it just it just wiped me out. So I moved back home with my parents, and I'm taking care of my parents. And uh, there was uh, there was a Pentecostal couple that had a little uh, had a little band they was playing in. It's called the Singing Sunrays. And they was at their church, and somebody had made a prayer request for me, just like these prayer requests you gave earlier. They had made a prayer request for me, you know, to remember in prayer that, that I was going through this divorce, you know, and everything, and I was a new Christian. And, and, and so that night they come by my folks' house, and they said they wanted to talk to me. And, and I said, okay, you know, and said, you're Fred Mooney, the drummer, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. But I said, no, nah, nah, I don't play drums no more. I said, I'm a Christian. 
I said, I tuck them drums. I packed them drums up in the attic. Said, uh, I'm going to the Baptist church with my folks. And I ain't got nothing against Baptists. I love Baptists. And, and I'm telling you what, Baptists are great people. And there's more Baptists than there is anybody. you know. But I love the Baptists. But I said, I'm going to church. And they just do not believe there should be drums in church. And, and I agree with them. I just don't believe it. And so old Butch, the... the, the guy in the group, the guitar player, he says, well, let me ask you this, Fred, if I can show you in the Bible where it's okay to play drums, would you go to Nashville and help us make these albums? I said, well, no, you know, I, I just don't think that's there, Butch. I said, I'll tell you what, if you can prove that to me, I'll go to Nashville and I'll, I'll help you make your albums. So he turned to the 150th Psalm, where it talks about praise him on the tambourine, praise him on the high-sounding cymbal, praise him on the low-sounding cymbal. He had me. You know, <laughs> and isn't it neat when the good guys win? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I went to Nashville with them, and, and I, we made three albums in two days. It, it was a marathon, and and we did that, and and I ended up playing drums for them. So uh, uh, when that group broke up in uh, in 1975. Uh, there was a group from Wayne City that called me and they wanted me to come play drums for them and so I come and audition and got the job and the guy in the, the, guy in the group he said uh, he was a bass singer uh, Brad Miller he says I've got this uh, I've got this old maid school teacher I'd like you to meet he said she's my cousin you know and said I'd really like for you to meet her you know and I said okay, and and so she she showed up at Jeff Frontier days, and that, that was Miss Kitty, you know. So that was in September of of 1975, and we were married in December of 1975. See, we just celebrated our 34th wedding anniversary this month. So yeah, and I'm telling you, she is the second best thing that has ever happened to me. Of course, the best thing is making Jesus Christ my Lord and Master, but. Uh, we got married and we lived there in, in Wayne City for a while and then, then we moved to Mount Vernon and I was I was I've played with sir I played for several different gospel groups and we traveled all over the country. I've traveled in buses and about any kind of thing you can imagine and, and uh, we had a son in 19, uh, 1977 Bobby, my son was born. That was a blessed event. I'm telling you, I, I love my kids. And I love my grandkids. If I knew my grandkids was so much fun, I'd have had them before I had my kids. But, <laughs> you know, I, I tell you what, when he got to be about five years old, 1982, I had to make a decision. It's time for him to go to school, and you can't drag a child all over the country, get in two or three o'clock in the morning, and expect them to do any good in school. And I knew God had given me this family, see, and I love my family. And he gave me a second chance at a family. I really didn't think I deserved a family. I didn't think I'd ever have a family like the average person has a family. I just didn't think I deserved that because I had messed my first chance up so bad. And uh, I, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to quit the road. I'm going to quit the road. I said, uh, we will find us a local church. We'll get active in a local church, and that's what we did. And we did that for a number of years, and I don't regret that in the least. I'm still active in my local church. I don't. I don't. In fact, Gary, 
when he came, I was a Sunday school teacher when I carried. Still am. <laughs> but I don't regret that. And I'll tell you what, my son Bobby, he's a youth minister at Orchardville Community Church now. See, it pays off to invest in your children. And uh, did that, and and then uh, in 1994 we went. We started going to Orchardville Community Church there in, in Orchardville. Now I don't know if any of you is familiar with our church or not, but it's it's a nice church, and it's it's a very very uh, warm church. It, it loves people. But anyway, when we come there, they had 46 people. Now they have they have a they have a. They have another church too that they just started in Centurion, but they're running a thousand people now. See, and so that's that's really been a blessing. And in 1996, I moved to the large town of Crisp, Illinois. To tell you how big this town is that I live in, the biggest city near me is Wayne City. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary Rayburn's one of the few people who can find my house, you know. But anyway, we live out there, and we live, I mean, we live in the country, and, and we love living in the country, you know. Now, in um, 2000, the year 2000, uh, I went through a bout with cancer. I had uh, been diagnosed with cancer, and I want to tell you something. When a doctor tells you you have cancer, it's just like hitting you right between the eyes with a two before it'll take you to your knees and I've got to say that uh, I went through the I went through the surgery and I've been cancer free ever since you know and I praise God for that God God's a wonderful God he's a healing God he chose to heal me and believe me I, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve anything God gives me but he's a wonderful God uh, in 2006 well, my son, he, uh, he, he, he married a, a wonderful girl, and her name was Janice, Janice Respondek. And in, in 2006, uh, Janice went home to be with the Lord. Uh, she had got uh, lymphoma, and she fought it for about 18 months. The Bible says that uh, in John 16, see if I can find this here, um, I want to read this with you, and I'm getting ready to close. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short. I'm sharing something with you right now I've never shared with anybody. Okay, in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 35, says, and these are Jesus' words, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread and the life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth with me shall never thirst. Okay, now let's go on back up here to verse 33. That's 1633. Okay. Verse 1633. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, when you have such tribulations and such storm in life, how can you be of good cheer? Now, have you ever thought about that? Now, Janice, I was the last person, she's a good Christian girl, I was the last person to pray with her when she was of a conscious mind. And I knew 
she was right with God. Mm-hmm. And I knew she made God her home. I mean, made heaven her home, you know. And that's how we can be of good cheer in tribulations. Uh, today, I walk with the Lord day by day. Some days, it's mountaintop experiences. Some days, it's valleys. But every day, God's with me. Thank you so much. They said she would never make it In that dying bed Everyone was crying Everyone was sad Cancer had a hold of that little child Satan had it made But that was just Little before faith prayed Faith is a miracle, believer Believing God can do anything she lifts her hands, angels stand, God answers when faith prays. Faith knelt there beside her and touched her feeble brow. Then something deep inside her said, darling, your healing's now. Darkness left that cold, cold room replaced by heaven's day. That's just what happens every time faith prays. Faith is a miracle, believer. Believing God can do anything She lifts her hands Angels stand God answers When faith prays Faith is a miracle believer Believing God can do anything She lifts her hands Angels stand God answers when she lifts her hands, angels stand, God answers, when faith Well, friends, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Are you saved? I'm not asking you if you're a good person or if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you was at the gates of heaven and St. Peter asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? What would the answer be? Do you know the answer? The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, and death is the separation from God 
And separation from God is an eternity in hell. That's bad news. But I've got some good news for you. The good news of the Bible is that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jews or Greeks, rich or poor, the same Lord over all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved? If you're not sure, if you're not living for Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe His shed blood, death, burial, and resurrection was just for me. I now receive Him as my Savior. Thank You, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I receive this gift of salvation and everlasting life because of Your mercy and Your grace. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, call someone. The nail-scarred hands of Jesus Reached down and touched my soul Filled my inner being Gave me peace and joy untold Jesus, gentle Jesus How wonderful to know The touch of gentle Jesus, He's my Lord, He's my King. With every breath of life, I will let Hosanna's ring. Jesus, gentle Jesus, how Jesus re-
my mind He is so very real His Spirit lives here in mine Jesus, gentle Jesus How wonderful to know The touch of gentle Jesus Savior of the soul In my darkest hour when I called for him. Jesus reached out and touched me. Oh, the precious touch of Jesus. How it thrilled my soul. He bathed me in his righteousness. For my righteousness was as filthy rags in God's sight. He gave me salvation. He gave me peace. He gave me joys untold. I could not walk this world alone without the gentle, tender touch of those nail-scarred hands. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, gentle Jesus, how wonderful to know the touch of gentle Jesus. Driver, I want to ask you today, if he's not the number one in your life, isn't it time to make him number one? And if you've prayed that prayer and you've asked for forgiveness of your sin and you want to serve the Lord, then driver, you're saved. And we'd love to share that with you. And you could tell Gary Rayburn at Lonesome Road Ministries. Yeah, my phone number is 618-383-2107. We'd love to send you more messages just like you heard today that will help you with your walk with Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed this message today, give us a call. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. And now we'd love to hear another patriotic song by our good friend James Payne, The Flag. George Washington carried me across the Delaware I was raised on Iwo Jima with bombs bursting in the air I was at the Alamo down in San Antonio It looked like I would fall that day But Texas kept fighting on I am the flag Still be raised I am 
Cause I weathered every storm I will not die I was born to fly I am the flag I'm in the hands of every mother Whose loved one paid the price They draped me over heroes Who fought and gave their life I'm waving over Arlington That sacred field of stone I'm the voice of the fallen That never made it home I am the flag I'm the old red, white and blue They call me old glory Cause I've been tried and true I stand for liberty I've been hated and I've been praised Though they burned me in the streets Though I will still be raised I am America I'm faded and I'm worn But I'm still flying high Cause I've weathered every storm I will not die I was born to fly I am the flag I stood beside Abe Lincoln That day at Gettysburg Four score, seven years ago Greatest words I ever heard It seems somehow forgotten Here in the USA The blood that was shed So I could proudly wave I will not die I was born to fly I am the flag Appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree 
wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road. And I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.